Okay, thank you, Rabbi Kopchik, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to such a group of Chashvei Yeshiva about to embark on an extremely important project, memorializing the Kedoshim and acknowledging the survivors. Memorializing the Kedoshim, giving names to the numbers. There is an amazing Sefer HaChinach who says that an essential aspect of the mitzvah of Yibun, of Leverite marriage, is that the deceased, the brother who passed away without children, should have some sort of physical remembrance in the physical world. The Pasuk, the verse says about Yibum, Shelo Yiz Imach Shmoi Mi Yisrael. So that his name, the deceased name, should not be erased from Israel. That's why we have in the Torah a mitzvah of Yibum. Likewise, the great son of the Chsam Sofer, the Ksav Sofer, of Avram Shmuel bin Yamin Sofer, explains that the concept of a matseva, a tombstone, is so that the name of the righteous are not forgotten. Eli Weisel, actually I remember, I grew up in Miami Beach, Florida. I remember in my youth, not too long after he won the Nobel Peace Prize, from walking around in Miami Beach, he had a good friend, uh, uh, Moshe Chaim Berkowitz. They grew up together. And in his Nobel Prize speech, which was called, he gave this on December 11th, 1986. The name of the speech was called Hope, Despair, and Memory. He said the following line. He talks about remembering the Holocaust. And Eli Weisel said, For us, forgetting was never an option. Remembering is a noble and necessary act. The call of memory, the call to memory, reaches us from the very dawn of history. No commandment figures so frequently, so insistently in the Bible, it is incumbent upon us to remember the good we received and the evil we have suffered. It is remarkable that if you look in the Torah, there is no word for history. In fact, modern Hebrew has to take a word, historial. The word in the Torah, the key word in the Torah, is memory. The word zachar, in one or other fashion, is over, about 169 times in the Torah. Yidin, the Jewish people, are people of memory. I actually taught Jewish history. I was a rov in Silicon Valley in San Jose, California, for 13 years. And many of those years being enrolled in California, I taught Jewish history to 12th grade girls. Uh, they were there. And I'd always explain the profound difference between history and memory. History is his story. An event that happened sometime to someone else. Memory is my story. Something that happened to me, and it's part of who I am. History is information. Memory, by contrast, is identity. I can study the history of other people's cultures and civilizations, can deepen our knowledge and broaden our horizons, but they don't make a claim on me. They are past as past. They may be 
some guidelines to the future. We can be zuchoriyah most olam. But memory, memory is the past as present. It lives in us today. And without memory, we don't have an identity. Could you imagine, Chassid Vashalom, if any of you tomorrow would wake up and have no idea who your parents and grandparents are, no idea where you had studied beforehand, who would you be? You would be nobody. You would not know who you are. Rahman al-Assad, if somebody has Alzheimer's, it's not just an atrophying of the memory function. It is the disintegration of the personality. You do not know who you are. And the same thing is as a nation. Your project, numbers, names, not numbers, empower you to not merely record history, not merely remember the lives of the survivors and the Kedoshim, but to bring that memory to yourself. And that memory, by the way, does not just go from generation to generation, it's lateral. If I remember something, if memories implanted in my it affects my family, my children, my friends. In other words, when we remember things, when we bring memory into the world, we affect everyone in our own generation, and not just the generations that follow. I must say on a personal level, my Holocaust memories have tremendously impacted my life to this day. I am a grandchild of four Polish Holocaust survivors. My mother's parents, it was their second marriage. They lost their first spouses, were murdered. My grandfather saw his first wife and two children murdered in front of his eyes. I am named after my two great-grandfathers, both murdered in the Holocaust. And growing up, living in Miami Beach, by the way, which was like Jewish heaven in my, in my, in my youth, where I saw numbers and I heard my grandparents. It profoundly impacted me. And I'll give you one example. After Yeshiva University, Shara Torah and, and Mir Yeshiva, I studied in Lakewood Yeshiva, in BMG. And from BMG, based Medrash Gavah, I went to University of Pennsylvania Law School, as noted. And in my first week at University of Pennsylvania Law School, in Ivy League Law School, in my year, the top 10 feeder schools were the eight Ivy League schools, Yeshiva University, and NYU. And I'm surrounded 80 of the 240 students around me identified as Jews. There are about 12 Orthodox Jews, and I, was, I already had rabbinic ordination at that point. I was a rabbi of the group, and I'm looking around at the other 60-something children in my grade. And they're all dating non-Jews. And I must tell you that the natural reaction of myself and many others would be, live and let live, what can I do? But in my own head, those memories of my grandparents and those survivors who suffered in the Holocaust echoed. And it said to me the following thing, what would I have done in 1939? Would I have just watched a physical Holocaust? So what can I do today? Should I let a spiritual Holocaust happen and do nothing? And in fact, I ended up starting what would be a religious Jewish club with the idea of just increasing Jewish knowledge. And by the end of my first year, it was the largest club in the law school at University of Pennsylvania. I had 150 students and professors. I then taught for Aisha Torah there and ended up being a rabbi for 13 years. Why? More than anything else, it was the memories 
that were implanted in me as in my youth and as a teenager of people like my grandparents who were survivors who told their story of survival, of rebuilding after the Holocaust. You know, I, I want to end with the story of somebody who went to this Skoki Yeshiva, one of your most prominent Talmudim ever. I grew up in Miami Beach. He had been the Rav of my show before I, I, I was actually there, Rabbi Beryl Wine. Rabbi Beryl Wine is one of the most accomplished Rabbanim, even in his old age today. She, his granddaughter and grandson-in-law work right next to my office in YTT, JDY. Rabbi Beryl Wine was a Rav for many years in Miami Beach. She was a founder. She lived in Tulls. He founded Tulls Chicago with his brother-in-laws uh, when Tulls came here. He was a Rav in Muncie, a Rosh Hashiva Muncie, a Rav in, 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 in Jerusalem, a prolific author for the Jerusalem Post. Many of you learned your Jewish history through his books, tapes, CDs, his Destiny Foundation. And Rabbi Beryl Wine, a few years ago, wrote an autobiography to teach them diligently. And he starts the book with the following story, which he said is the most profound story of his life. Ray Wine said that in 1946, the first chief rabbi of Palestine, who would become the first chief rabbi of Israel, of Yitzhak Halevi Herzog, came to Chicago. He was greeted by all the Rabbanim in Chicago. And he was brought to Skokie Yeshiva, to your yeshiva. And he spoke to the Bachrim. He gave a 45-minute shear in Talmud. And then... After the shear, he said the following thing. Bachrin, you should know that I just got back from the Vatican and I spoke to Pope Pius XII about the thousands, the tens of thousands of Yiddish kinder, of Jewish children who are in monasteries, who are in Christian homes around Europe as their parents gave them away as they were taken to the death camps. And I spoke to the Pope about getting those children back. And the Pope said, no, those children are now Christian children, and you're not getting them back. And then Rabbi Wine said that Herzog started to cry. He was a teenager, younger than you. And he said it was the first time in his life that he realized the depth of destruction of the Holocaust, seeing the chief rabbi cry in front of them. And I'm going to read actually his own words now. Then Rabbi Herzog defiantly raised his head, and he looked at the young men gathered before him and said, I cannot save those thousands of Jewish children, he declared, but I ask of you, how are you going to help rebuild the Jewish people. And as we walked out and shaked his hand to receive a blessing, he repeated to each and every one of us, did you understand what I said to you? Don't forget it. Rabbi Weidman writes, this is the beginning of his autobiography, all of my life, Rabbi Herzog's words have echoed in my ears and souls. Numerous times in my rabbinic career, I've been discouraged and downhearted. But then I remembered the memory of his words. They have continually 
inspired and challenged me, shaping many of my decisions and, and actions. Memories of a great man like Rev Herzog talking about the destruction and the rebuilding is what made Ray Wine into the person that we know. You all are in 12th grade. And I know it's hard to believe now, but this is really the last year, not only in Skokie Yeshiva, but your last year probably for many of you living in your house in a, in, in a certain easy, given to you Yiddishkeit, Judaism. You know, most hopefully all of you will continue to Yeshiva next year, but there will be a time not too far in the future where you will go on to different paths of life. You will be given memories this year. You will have the opportunity to meet people who survived the Holocaust, people who will tell the stories of the Kedoshim who died in the Holocaust. Those memories should inspire all of you, not just to inspire many thousands of people, as we just heard, about the people who survived, but those memories, most importantly, should be your memories, not somebody else's history. They should be your memories that order that all of you, Emir Tzashem, with your Lima Torah and your other actions this year, your memories should make all of you great names amongst Kla Yisrael and not mere numbers. As you give names to others, it should be, you should be Matzliach, you should have success and become a bigger name for yourself. I wish you a, a tremendous Hatzlacha Rabba in this important project. With all your Lamudim, thank you.